I have always been fascinated with the accounts of the risen Lord's appearances, even when I was a Protestant kid going to our Calvinist church. And I have especially been fascinated by the two accounts in today's gospel of how Jesus suddenly appeared in a locked room where the disciples were. And he did so with such incredible ease and such utter simplicity. Now, I see nothing magical about this phenomenon. In fact, I would be fascinated to learn what physicists, regardless of their religious or non-religious convictions, what they would theorize about it, especially from the standpoint of quantum mechanics. Now, I am not suggesting there is a purely scientific explanation for the mystery of the resurrection. But the truth of the matter is, our God created us to employ not only faith, but reason to the gospel, each of which are avenues to the one truth. And the more we're learning about how subatomic particles function, the more we are discovering how wonderfully bizarre, how amazingly counterintuitive their behavior is. What is clear from today's gospel accounts is that our risen Lord is beyond the dimensions of time and space. He is not hampered as we are by the limitations of matter. It is as if the atoms that make up his resurrected body are completely under the control of his will. And this would explain why he carries the wounds of his crucifixion. They are no longer wounds he must carry, but now they are symbols that he chooses to carry out of his merciful love for his disciples and for Thomas. It is also clear that though Thomas expressed his doubts and hit the terms under which he would believe, only to the apostles, the Lord heard every word which should make us pause to think about what the Lord hears us say when we don't think he's around. And this points us to the mystery that our risen Lord, who is beyond time and space, is also omnipresent. That is, he is present to all at any time, for all time, in any place or in any number of places without any diminishment in the power of his presence and the mercy he brings. What I find so tantalizing are the implications the resurrection has for us. When our bodies are raised from our graves, and remember, we will have a resurrected body. We're not designed to be souls flitting about in heaven or possibly down in hell. But when our bodies are raised from our graves and reunited with our souls, then the whole of our being will be like that of our risen Lord, having all the characteristics of his resurrection. Try sometime today just to imagine the quality of this new life and all the possibilities that await us, our loved ones, and all who are pleasing to God at their passing from this life. Our risen Lord's second appearance to mercifully confront Thomas reveals a critical component that often goes unnoticed. 
Jesus said in both appearances, what? All those who heard the gospel, raise your hands. What did he say? Peace be with you. Or in Hebrew, shalom. Now, that may not sound like a whole lot. Oh, but it is. The word shalom appears 237 times in the Hebrew Bible. It is a very ancient word. So ancient, in fact, it is found in one form or another in all Semitic languages. Aramaic, Ugaritic, Persian, Phoenician, Samaritan, Syriac, Egyptian, and Arabic. There is no one English word that can translate shalom, although it is usually translated as peace. Shalom, however, carries a wide range of meanings that are all meant at the same time. Used primarily in greeting and then when leaving someone, Shalom conveys the sense of wishing one wholeness, harmony, peace, completion, perfection, fulfillment, and security, to mention only a few. All that contained in Shalom. But, In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, verses 22 through 26, a priestly blessing over a congregation, we hear, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom, peace. The rabbis tell us that the blessing of God's shalom, the blessing of God's peace, brings the believer immediately into the sphere of God's merciful presence. No matter where the believer is, no matter what age of history the believer lives in, no matter what condition of the believer's soul. The shalom of God, his peace, the completeness his peace offers, the harmony that God's peace gives, the fulfillment, the wholeness, the security is omnipresent, present everywhere, and omnipotent, all-powerful. It cannot be otherwise, because God's word, as the prophet Isaiah tells us, never returns to him empty, but accomplishes that for which he sends it. So when our risen Lord, whose word has all the power and authority of his Father's word, says, peace be with you, he too drew the apostles into this merciful sphere of his shalom. He drew Thomas into the merciful sphere of his shalom. And through the divine liturgy, the Holy Mass, in which the risen Lord is present, he draws us into his merciful Shalom, his presence. Whatever the historical ear the church lives in, whatever the condition of one's soul is in. But there's more. It is not enough for Jesus to simply draw us into his merciful presence. No. We, his disciples, are privileged to extend that shalom to each other in the celebration of the divine liturgy, the Holy Mass. We say to one another, peace be with you. 
far from meaningless words or an opportunity to chit-chat or some meaningless handshaking ritual, the risen Lord, who is Lord over time and space, is present among us, giving us his shalom and empowering us to offer his peace and all of its meanings to one another and to help others to enter into the presence of the risen Lord and experience his mercy. And again, through his word, he who is beyond time and space is able to offer us the Eucharist, his body and blood in this holy, unbloody sacrifice. In any place, at any time, in any number of times, and in any number of places. You see, our difficulty, and it's our difficulty, not God's, it's ours, is that we do not normally think in these categories. We tend to think flatline. But we are asked to enter into several different dimensions of thinking. And because we don't think this way, so much is lost to us. And that partially explains, I suspect, why there are some who would, and I've heard them say, let's just not have the sign of peace. It, it'll make the mass shorter, and we don't really want to do that. And some people have phobias about shaking another person's hand. The point, however, is that in the presence of the risen Lord, in the presence of his mercy, time is irrelevant. If we allowed ourselves to grasp the significance of the, Lord, of the risen Lord's greeting, shalom, peace, the infinite power of his word that cannot be hampered by time and space, a power that draws us into his divine presence and empowers us to extend his mercy to others so they can encounter him, then a whole new, exciting dimension of our faith opens before us. It's always been there, but perhaps we have not always seen it.